Sky Podcast to magically disappoint our parents. Damn, could have taken that to karaoke. Still trying to find the, the right <laughs> jingle. Sorry if we made your ears bleed. I know. Like, <laughs> I saw that comment about someone like talking about the very beginning of the music, like blasting their ears, and like, well. That wasn't me. Hey, turning at least you, you'll never forget us. Um, <laughs> speaking of disappointing, oh, we're back to uh, we're back at it again. <laughs> back at it again to disappointing um, beauty standards. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do best here on Bruja. Um, so just to go ahead and give an overview for people who just clicked in, uh, so welcome to Bruja Baddies, obviously, but also the definition of Bruja, basically it's a reclamation of taking back the word Bruja, um, cause it's a, derog- a derogatory term, <laughs> I, I can't say it right sometimes, okay? I have braces, Yeah, okay? I forgive your braces. You, yeah. You're beautiful You're anyway, privileged cause it. you don't have braces. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else who makes fun of me, recognize. Anyways, so again, Bruja. Bruja is a derogatory term used to, uh, you know, decimate and also um, demonize women within the Filipino community, typically uh, falling outside of, you know, beauty standards. Yeah, and there are several several ways to demonize and like um, women, particularly Filipino women. And so um, we are focusing on skin. And why that is important is because we feel that this huge... um, this huge chip on our shoulder about skin mm-hmm. factors into how we can't fully embrace our power as a bruja, which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And I think the other thing is also recognizing the Philippines as being a country that is not homogenous. You know, we are very ethnically ambiguous, meaning that, you know, we are all not one uh, one shade, nor are we of one, like, a distinct physical appearance mm-hmm. identifier. Um, I don't know, but like personally, sometimes like I know my, my mom would always try to like find a Filipino like in the crowd, you know, yeah. before we built a seafood city here in Vegas, you know, it was always at the 99 cents ranch market, like Filipino kebab. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then like just like being able to find that community. Cause like, it's always like that hint, like, are you Filipino? But it's just like, can't really distinguish because that's that's the thing about filipinos you know and i think that's also kind of like a blessing you know in a way that we don't have one way or like one um physical ideal image right however when i say ideal image i have to say that lightly because we need to talk about skin issues and beauty standard issues yeah there is an image i really feel like you're right about us you know there's many variations of what we look like but we definitely police each other on what we should look like oh yeah <laughs> i don't know so kind of just to um do a historical overview so yes uh the philippines has been colonized like throughout like hundreds of years like um and this is not just uh pertaining to just spanish colonialism or like the u.s colonialism but also Chinese colonialism, like occupations of Japan, as well as, you know, trade routes from India and recognizing like how within all these like, you know, countries and the Philippines connection within Asia and, you know, into the West, how colorism plays a critical role. And also recognizing this is something that like is not new to like discussions on like, you know, skin and complexion and melanin. (laughs) Right. So, you know, in all that, um, in how 
Rose put it beautifully, is like, how do we hate ourselves today? How do we hate ourselves and our skin and the skin of others who are in our Filipino community? I mean, you can really recognize that by what is in your beauty aisle or your like health aisle. And mm-hmm. that's the other thing is like health and beauty, when they're put side to side, that's another thing that kind of gets me down when I right. look at it, right? Because it's like... Is this healthy for me, really? You know, the, the standard of beauty? Because it's not when you're using, like, literal bleach on your, like, skin. Right. And, I don't know, this is a really... Chemical this, peels. This really, like, hurts me. Like, in a, I feel really torn about it, right? Because right. Because I feel in the middle as a fair-skinned Filipino who mm-hmm. has been very privileged. A lot of the time, I don't even quite know all of my lineage, you know? I mean, growing up, if you're fair-skinned, it was, like, cool to say that, oh, I have some Spaniard in my blood, or, you know, hey, thanks for mistaking me for white. And at 31 and realizing, like, that's compliments to an oppressor in my historical line that is pretty goddamn painful. She said it, (laughs) y'all. I'm gonna be straight up. I'm as radical as fuck. And, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's... You know what? Even if I'm a radical activist now um, and you look at my skin, you don't think about how my Lolo, my grandfather, was a farmer who jumped a ship in Cebu to someday be a lawyer, which he never got to be. And I look at myself as my own lineage's wildest dreams. But what does that look like? Does it mean that eventually I succumb to looking like my oppressor? Hold on, hold on. Okay, I think we need to take, take a step back. Sorry, I'm just no, angry. No, 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 no. We're all angry. Damn. Okay. <laughs> um, but, like, really quick, Jean, what is your, like, upbringing with that, you know? So let's start from childhood, you know? You know, I mean, in our last began. episode, we talked about how being heavy was kind of a knock on me but I have always been a fair-skinned Filipino and Mm -hmm. my mom would make that the only really like value about me because she too is fair-skinned my father is fair-skinned they're considered the best looking people in their school and all I can hear is just the benefits of it right and so um to a point when my mom was trying to get me to use maybe the white whitening skin because I loved loved playing outside I realized like what what's in this like what I mean as a little kid like I didn't want to always be tied to you know some kind of cosmetic thing because Did you I, use that like this fucking papaya soap yeah and you know what? I was one of those kids who didn't even bleach my hair blonde because I was just like man like I just don't want to eventually not look like me mm-hmm. and I mean for a young kid that was pretty radical but I mean it didn't mean I didn't get to um to do other things like I went to a wedding one time and all of us were Filipino and she was marrying into um a white family and so um they in the party itself they're just kind of like man why can't you all be like Jean she looks white like us she sounds white like us and I was like shit like that that was really hard to digest because it's like at what point did I did I make an intentional choice to compromise myself or is this Mm -hmm. have I has my family been so conditioned to perpetuate whiteness even in my behavior or in my mannerisms like it it goes beyond skin but it started with skin and that's the things like you know talking about uh like how like the tax uh taxing um, of like Spani- like Spaniards during like you know their occupation in the Philippines mm-hmm. like played a c- critical role because like they did have a system in which the darker you were the higher taxes you had to pay Damn. yeah and that's some bullshit right mm-hmm. and um, kind of tying that back into my own st- uh, like you know like 
with my experiences growing up, the thing is, I was a pale-ass baby, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really, really brown now. Here's the thing, okay? Okay, I'll listen, I'll listen. Okay, everybody <laughs> listen. Like, if you see my Instagram... Come close to the phone. I, I, I need you to, like, listen, listen. Okay, um, so I... My parents um, both came from different backgrounds, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, my, my father's side of the family... Um, they owned a mortuary and back in uh, Cavite and they you know just basically worked on embalming bodies and burying them Mm -hmm. in the cemetery my mom on the other hand was very privileged you know in the fact she kind of grew up middle and high class and I kind of went over this a little bit in our past episodes but my mom is the lighter skinned uh like of my family Mm -hmm. like or like within my immediate family my mom's the light skinned one my dad is the dark skinned one and my dad is like really like he's moreno like it's su- like really dark you know mm-hmm. and that's because like you know he also works in construction here like he would do electric uh, like you know construction and do electrical work and a lot of the times there's no like like shade for covering him so he oh. would get even more dark than he already is my mom on the other hand <clears throat> Like her lineage, there is there is like a bunch of Span Spanish in there. So like her great grandfather is half was half Spaniard, and her great grandmother as well, who was married to him, was half Spaniard. So like there's like this uh, tie to like lightness, you know, because we gotta be honest, the Spaniards are European and they are pretty white. <laughs> okay, and uh, just going off of that, like my mom was like, I had that discussion with my mom too. I'm like, mom, you know, what was it like growing up like? like, with your skin tone, and she was telling me, like, you know, there was a lot of benefits to yeah. being mestiza in the Philippines at the time, you know, like, you know, per, like, it's preferential treatment, proximity, or, like, closeness to, like, this whiteness that she had, and it was able to help her navigate spaces easy, as well as, like, you know, like, being able to be showered with praise, and she ate that up, you know, she was, like, the body image and the light-skinned image of people, like, you know, that the ideal image that Filipinos have for women, you know, and that's kind of what sucks, you know, it's like, uh, I guess I'm not like, like, I'm the, like, you know, the vindication <laughs> that yeah. comes out from her. And how these are reaffirmed in, you know, let's really think about our, our parents' generation and how these are, these images are reaffirmed in their pop culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they grew up with American music and actors. So too, like, yeah, like, um, so these are, when we're talking about the consumption on TV, translating to how we perceive our skin and ourselves, we're also thinking about like how we want to continue to perpetuate that, right? I don't know about you, but growing up again, like I had an emo phase and like being (laughs) pale was all about being emo. So (laughs) that was the other thing. And just to kind of go really quick to go back, because, like, you know, my parents were both var- variant, like, skin tones, they were wondering what we would come out like. So my sister actually came out as the darker one, my older mm-hmm. sister, and then I came out as the light baby. And apparently everyone was just, like, trying to say that I would be, like, the prettier one just because of my skin that's color. So, that's you know? so real. And then, like, <laughs> karma bitch, like, hey. You, you switched? I switched. Here's the thing. My skin tone is variant. Like, it really is. Like, I think it's because of my dad's, like, you know, like, side of the family mixing in with my mom's. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's just my fucking body. You know, it's called sunlight, fuckers. Like, it's called, like, yeah, like, vitamin yeah. D. I'm, I was vitamin D deficient, and I needed, <laughs> to get, I needed more sun. So I was in fifth grade when I played outside the most, and I got 
so dark, you know? And my mom was like, what? Look at you living your best life. I know. And, <laughs> and like, because my mom, because I was like this pale kid growing up before, before fifth grade hit and I hit that really dark phase of my life where like the shift of attitude happened yeah. prior. So I call this pre-white, like, you know, pre-dark rose, you know? And so, like, my mom would actually use baby powder to make me even more lighter than I already was. Mm. And then when I became dark during fifth grade, that summer of fifth grade, she put even more powder on my face and my body. I'm just like, yeah, I ain't going to get whiter. <laughs> it's, you know, it's the same thing with me and my brother. He came out, like, really bright brown hair and my mom really prided upon that he looked like somebody's white baby and so when they were at the airport my uncle turns to my dad like is that your kid and I mean like we're all growing to look like each other but um there was a point where it had switched I mean I was the darker baby Mm -hmm. um we were both interning to be personal trainers and we were going to a senior community center in a predominantly white neighborhood we both walk in I walk in first nobody calls security but as soon as my brother walks in who is ethnically ambiguous can look can also be seen as Mexican or um, Arabic or whatnot. Yep. And he was called and um, he's like, that's my sister. We're the same. And I mean, even to this day, I think about that story and how like he got pulled over and the only reason we're let go is because I was fair skinned in the car. Mm. And so I've yeah. gotten two tickets. <laughs> right? Like, and at, at Every moment, you and your sister, me and my brother, you and your family members, we're all Filipino. Mm-hmm. And yet, there is definitely this still hierarchy that exists and alive in 2019. And I feel like we are in a day and age where we're addressing the issues of skin tone and melanin issues because. Mm-hmm. I f- I'm actually really like you know hyped, but at the same time I'm very wary of how long we're gonna be able to ride on this. You yeah, know? is it a, a wave point. or is this gonna be the level of like you know the standard of like okay like this is how we have to do inclusion. This is how we, how how we have to do skincare, beauty care, uh, like foundation. You know, doing it in a way that's healthy, like mentally yeah. for like women and like you know like also those who identify as men. Let's not forget them either. You know, yeah. and kind of also recognizing the top beauty gurus who are fil- like I like I just thought of them because they embrace their brownness like uh, I don't know if you know who Bretman Rock is or like uh, Patrick Starr you know like there are some things in which this is like okay gotta like gotta check on things but I do appreciate their like their like appreciation for their heritage of being Filipino and as like you know gay men um they also like don't like push like whiteness you know into their beauty like tutorials or routines and embracing their brownness and i think that's a good way to go about it if you're in the beauty industry or like you know trying to address these in like healthy ways but not so directly right right because like this this can be very top heavy you know talking about skin issues and body issues because these are things i cannot really change about myself and it's like it's a dehumanizing factor at the end of the day, you yeah. know, and that's coming directly from being colonized, right. uh, directly from living in America or the U.S. in which, you know, white is right or like white is like, you know, the, the epitome of like peak power or like, you know, like success. Right. And if you marry into white, it's like, yeah, and like, that's the other thing that pisses me off, you know, <clears throat> like. 
So it's just not colorism within like, you know, yourself or like your family or your community, but it's also like who you marry into. Yeah. You know, and bringing back like this whole like anti-brownness and anti-blackness that exist in what we call colorism. Yeah, because we can't fucking like ignore that shit. Yeah. So check yourself. <laughs> yeah, let's really like name the colors that have been hated on, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it goes back to how maybe our parents perceive it, which is like regional discrimination, right? From province to province. Like, oh, well, that person's that way because they're Ilocano, right? Ooh. That shit is real. I heard this. Really? You know, and, wow. you know, people be hella calling out other Damn. people's provinces, and just because they can already distinguish by their skin color, it's not—it's more than behavior, right? My so that's father was from Iloilo, right? <laughs> so you know, some of that bullshit still persists. It's just under a different name. Mm. And I mean, like, even just even having dark skin or like dark moles and stuff. Like, I was told many times to be to remove like my mole, right? Because it's like you have to have flawless skin, right? It's not just that it's white, that it looks absolutely flawless, you know? Um, I wish y'all could see my face right now. (laughs) Continue, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, yeah, it's been, you know, there's been a point where I've ripped my skin so much it bled, right? And um, it was based off comments said to me by a family member and to, you know, we, it really starts at home, right? Is the way we speak to each other. I know this is a common theme we talk on Bruja, but um, it's, it's important how, you know, the impact um, of what you're saying is because compounded into a person, especially on skin color can be very traumatic. And then kind of also recognizing how you do that to yourself on the daily. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, you can start having this awareness of, like, you know, your brownness. And then trying, like, you know, and it's something I discussed with a friend the other night about how do we go about being careful with ourselves, being delicate with ourselves, mm-hmm. and understanding how we are, like, you know, embedded with this notion, like, you know, lightness is rightness, Ooh. you know? Get that on a t-shirt, yeah. not... <laughs> And like a little red. And here, I want to really quote my friend here, which was like, this is something so beautiful. And they're Latinx, you know. She was like saying, I hate feeling like that my dark skin that my ancestors gave me Mm -hmm. was something that was wrong when it was just them capturing the sun. That's beautiful. Capturing the sun in their skin. And I'm like, bitch, (laughs) that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Let's like really sit with that. Can you repeat that one more time for our listeners? Oh, damn. Okay, I, I need to say this, right? Um, which part? <laughs> like, the sun capturing... About like- being brown and... Um, well, okay, I'm going to tell you how I heard it, because mm-hmm. I hope that you take the statement really home with you, is how can I be knocked down for carrying this brown skin when it was merely my ancestors oh, yeah. who were just capturing enjoying and really reveling being in the sun mm-hmm. i mean you can take that and spin it anyway because what we're doing here in bruja is beautifying um the oral histories shared among us mm-hmm. and also like finding solidarity with other communities of color like the latinx mm-hmm. community that feels like these like similar feelings of like you know like colorism and lightness you know like like issues with melanin and also that quote came from my best friend mariana sarmiento hernandez so like shout out shout out to our allies shout out to our friends who were able like and i think that's the other great thing about like finding community with other people uh in understanding how this affects everyone from a colonized community of like people of color you know and then also like instead of dividing 
between, yeah. you know, who has the greater issue. It's um, really finding a way to unite us on this mm-hmm. common issue. No oppression Olympics here. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're right. You're right. Um, so what are some solutions we can think about when we think about um, this self-hate and, you know, especially towards the skin issue? Well, I always recommend looking at yourself naked in the mirror. <laughs> that is definitely one of them. That is definitely one of them. Um, one is uh, maybe maybe reconsider why you pick up the umbrella on the way to going outside. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, like consider... Um, ways in which you avoid the sun is this for issues with you know maybe cancerous or is it because i don't want to get five shades darker or i don't want to burn and peel that's usually here's the thing i only burn on my nose the rest of my body just tans you got a great nose friend thank you i know i won't tell you anything more about your ambiguous nose i do not have a nose bridge by the way everybody so (laughs) one time someone hit me with a ball didn't even feel it in my face it was fine bam you know the benefits of being Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> it just curved with the ball. <laughs> it was it was like that, you know, tetherball. Have you ever played tetherball? Right. Smack in the fucking face. <laughs> so another thing, you know, I learned this from my friend Jessica Saunders, who is um, who does about like um, about how many filters we put on our stuff. Oh shit, yeah. What if you took a picture today, starting today or any other day of the week when you feel ready and brave enough, and you don't throw a filter on to be lighter? Like that's a huge. You would you would like shit. That's nothing. But honestly, just try it once. You know, I started doing it probably like two months ago, and I was like, man, it's in everything that I do that um, this white perpetuation impacts my life you know that in snapchat right? right right and i'm just like look i look cute thank you for like you know addressing some <laughs> issues on my face however you made me three times lighter than i actually am right so i'm just like i can't post this on tinder the way i would <laughs> and i know like for some of this for some of you who this is completely new about the skin issue and you might be feeling attacked or you don't know how to process this just realize like how much history is still impacting you how much these ideas still play a huge role in your life and control the way that you think you know i mean you have every option to Mm -hmm. embrace what we're saying and find community but you also have um, moments where you can reflect on why you do things i also want to address like to like the ethnic ambigu- ambiguous like you know like issues of like being like really light skinned or very dark skinned and like that can be like and this is something that I read from Melinda de Jesus, who mm-hmm. uh, wrote Panay Power. Um, and that's a big read. For great a book. Lo- great book of great Panay, uh, like, you know, feminist book. Um, I do believe that we, like, you know, it could use more additions, but definitely a great starter for, like, addressing, like, you know, feminist Filipinos. Like, mm-hmm. Not to put all the work on Melinda. Yeah, not to put all the work on but definitely, on like, the great way to, uh, great stepping stone in like Jesus put it in a great way in addressing how like you, like there's like this two-sided coin to being light-skinned too right? right like you have this issue of understanding that I have access I have ways in which I can navigate right. you know space is easier especially within the U.S. and the Philippines mm-hmm. but also recognizing that like this also works against me because like in a way like you, you can be admonished for being light-skinned at one point right yeah and that's something that, like, my mom experienced one time with my father. 
They were at Seafood City, right? And so my mom loves to just go off, right, when we're at the checkout. I don't know if you had to deal with that with your parents, right. but, like, my mom would go off, left my dad, like, you know, at the cashier, and the lady didn't know it was my mom before, but, my, again, my dad's very dark, he's in line, and then my mom goes in front of him and puts more stuff that she wants to add into the groceries, right? Mm-hmm. And then my mom walks away again, and then the lady says to my dad, oh, you let the mestizo go first, huh? And everything. So it's just, like, kind of like that recognizing like all oh, you're letting like the light-skinned person right. go in front of you, you and know? that's a very i want to really stay in this moment is just like there's a lot of moving parts to these particular moments that happen day to day right it's not like pitchforks and knives it's like how do we practice using our privilege before others and how do others perceive that like mm-hmm. are they okay with it are they going to also be allies and do something about it these are these moments happen so quickly and so but the impact it happens very deeply, right? On the consciousness of like your father's value or your mother's value, your value, you know what I mean? Um, being in the middle of that. And, you know, I always talk about the, the media presentations of like what our parents learn from. And now I like to joke to Rose because, and it's also true that we're the adults, right? So at some point, how do we affect um, pop culture and media, right? And so I want to super thank people who are all up on Instagram trying to be seen Mm -hmm. um, and their own um, platforms, whether that be a podcast, website, blog, um, community groups on Facebook, like you're trying to be seen and continue to be seen and continue to be the color that you are. Mm -hmm. And also, I feel like this is a great way for us to contribute our voices to the issues that we are addressing, you know, with colorism, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, just skin tone and melanin, like, you know, preference and like proximity to whiteness issues Mm -hmm. within our community. And if anything, what we do here on Bruja is really adding to the conversation, you know, and I feel that's important. And you know, recognizing that, like, our perspectives are not exactly, don't take them, like, as black and white, right or wrong. Right. You know, take them as part of, like, what we need to address in the community. Right. Use it as part of your toolkit to assess who you are. You know, the conversation never ends with just us, right? Like, it goes on and on and on, you know? It, It goes off the air. It goes into writing, you know? We need to... Be more there for us. We need to show up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that's a cheesy thing to say. Like someday someone will study the world at 2019 and realize how powerful Philan folks, um, Philippinexes are kicking ass. And we have to, every with every goddamn shame. <laughs> Somebody's like, oh, well, I was listening to this podcast until that lady cursed again. <laughs> oh. We we still have a little bit of time. I also want to address like fucking beauty pageants, yo. Like yeah. every like Miss Philippines, you know, not every, but if you kind of like go back in the last couple of years on like certain Miss Philippine winners, like they always gotta be spliced with something, you know. That's another yeah. thing. And I mean, you and know, the whole country is cheering and cheering for that, right? And it's like the thing is like that's when we have to have unity with you know the Filipino community. But it's just like, yeah. are well, we I'm not pr- going to talk about the <laughs> elephant in the room, right? Like, while I'm proud that you know we're seen on a like international stage, yeah. at the same time, it's like, well, is that is that us, right? Mm-hmm. But for some people who are hapa, you know, that is them. Um, and so I think it's really important. I mean, I, can't, I, I mean, this is this is really this this really hits home for me because, like, 
I grew up in Guam where majority of the community is brown and all I had was white television, right? And so mm-hmm. if I were to see beauty queens or the Jennifer Love Hewitts of the world or whatever, you know, um, I'm going to designate like this is what I aspire to be because life is better, life is easier, and life is more beautiful. So um, continue to be mindful of the people um, that are famous that you endorse or the people who are semi-famous that you endorse. Um, what kind of messages are you supporting? And um, what kind of things do you want to survive as a message? Like, for example, do you want Bruja baddies to survive because you feel seen and you feel heard and you feel listened to? Then hell yes, thank you for doing that for us. Um, you know, as a cartoonist too, like I used the peach crayon my whole life until I was like, <laughs> because all I had was white ass Disney, okay? Yeah, all I, I had, why are you put the peach cream to show color? <laughs> Bitch, I was so torn when Mulan came on. I was like, um, what color is she, you know? I think that's a real thing because that's all I knew. And now as a cartoonist, like, and trying to, you know, I made our logo and trying to really celebrate being brown, being seen. Fuck yes, you know? I mean, sometimes people don't pick up my book because it's brown, but damn it, like, it doesn't mean I'm not going to sit at this table and still be seen as this film cartoonists and as much as i still have skepticisms and like you know reservations about but like certain like drawings of like you know filipino women mm-hmm. i do appreciate how dark that um marvel character wave is the filipino yes. like you know superhero woman right i appreciate that and i'm just like hmm i also wish that her nose kind of like was more like uh, you know it's just that seems really european nose right and there. i'm really glad that rose <laughs> brings that up because that's your job now to write fan fiction or continue to write those heroes yeah. that you that maybe disney will never pick up but damn it there's a fan out there there's a community out there who needs to see these types of heroes and celebrities and people and uh you know how we were drawn in the past by American subculture? We were drawn as black babies, right? We were drawn as infants who are black because we are lumped with other black folks because we are also hated. So how are we changing that image, right? And how are we still subscribing to that image? You know, these are real questions. I really appreciate you bringing that up because it just reminded me, like, today's July 4th. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, Filipino American Friendship Day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's me. Okay. Yeah. Secrets out, we record ahead of time. We aren't always uh, on POC time. Day of. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm probably going to be out of town next week, so that's why we're recording also. But, uh,. I, I love how like we were like we thought we were done, but it's like no, yeah. it's never done. And it's that's, never and, done. And that's I think that's what you, we need to always remember: keep the conversation going. It'll never be done. We ain't finished, but you know where we leave off is where you can start. Damn, bitch. yeah, man, that was beautiful. <laughs> you know, and the same thing for our ancestors: where they left off is where we start, and that's what you know. Why I'm so mm-hmm. proud to be Bruja. You know, ugly by other people's standards, magical by ours. Booyah. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm like clutching my titty over here. <laughs> I'm so, how do I follow up with that? Fuck. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to all our listeners, our supporters, our allies. Again, um, Jean took my words away. Um, <laughs> and just remembering the words of my friend Mariana in saying that our darkness is what captures the light from the sun and also carrying that with you your ancestors and recognizing like how you navigate and how you navigate within yourself is going to be what's important moving forward right 
Right back at you. <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> Chin knock. <laughs> well, this is wrapping up our episode, so we love you all so much. This is Jean. This is Rose, who might love you, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not committed to you all just yet. I mean, you got to put a ring on it. You got to earn earn that love. You got to earn my love. <laughs> all right, have a good one. And we're still magically disappointing somebody, not just our parents. Oh, I was like, oh, like... Ha, ha, ha.